You guys, it's finally here. I am so excited to announce that the Patreon is live. It's called In the Windowsill, and you can find the link in my bio if you happen to be there, or go to www.patreon.com backslash in the windowsill. I would love to have you check it out. There's an about video there. You can look at and understand the tiers. You can get this podcast early. You can get creative prompts and a lot more information from me, all sorts of good things. A live once a month where we create together and you have an opportunity to ask questions, all sorts of treats for you. And I just want to say thank you so much. I'm doing this because you guys asked for it. You gave me so much awesome feedback when I asked for it and I created it for you. So go check it out. Patreon.com in the windowsill. Thanks so much for your support and for being here right now. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Thanks for finding your way back to the windowsill. I am so glad that you're here today. I have a really, really cool guest today. Somebody that I admire and I'm inspired by. She's a new friend and (laughs) it's not often the people I meet make me want to immediately drive across the country to see what they're doing. But this is one of those times. Liz Lidget has an amazing gallery in Des Moines, Iowa. But as you will soon hear, it's really something that she has made very international thanks to social media and being just a trendsetter and a go-getter and a don't tell me not to do this kind of person. A little bit about Liz. She is an art advisor, a curator, and gallery owner, and she represents 50 unique artists from around the world. She has a strong commitment to always represent at least 50% women and or BIPOC artists. She's absolutely committed to being inclusive, and you can tell in this interview that it's something that just as part of her life. Although the gallery is located in Des Moines, Iowa, they have an international reach and ship 80% of the work they sell. They've sold to clients in 45 states and seven different countries. It was important for Liz to create a gallery that operated in a way she felt galleries should operate, where artists were paid fairly and quickly, and where an approachable, non-pretentious experience is created for clients. I think you will hear that her artists and her clients are her friends. Her mission is art for everyone. Although they represent some very well-known artists like Hunt Slonim, Liz wants people to know that you don't have to be a millionaire to be an art collector. 
Liz has gained a huge following on social media by showcasing the art in her gallery, the artists, and fun facts about art. She's been featured in some of the top publications and on shows and podcasts, and I think you'll see quickly why. She is super interesting, super vibrant, and absolutely loves what she does. She has a really interesting background in art and art history and just the influences that have led her here. And obviously, you'll be able to tell that her passion runs deep and her commitment to the artists and who they are and how she shows up for them also runs very deep. So I'm really excited to have you learn a little bit more about Liz and her gallery and the artist she represents. Without further ado, here's Liz. Well, thanks, Liz, for being here with me today. I'm really interested in learning more about you. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's going to be fun. It is. It is. So you are in Des Moines, Iowa, Mm -hmm. and we have lots of international listeners here. So for those who don't know, Iowa is just kind of right in the middle of the U.S., smack dab. (laughs) And, you know, with farmland and agricultural land for miles and miles and states around it. And not necessarily where you would imagine finding a really, really cool gallery. Thank you. <laughs> would be my would be yes. my summary. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. You know, I I um lived in Los Angeles for a little while and I moved from LA to Des Moines. I'm I was born and raised in Des Moines. Okay. Um, and so was my husband. And so we were seeing the way that the arts community was changing and all of these things, but I was like, hey friends in LA, guess where I really, really want to move. How? <laughs> and they were like what? and and they were like, you want to be in the arts in Des Moines, Iowa? And I say this a lot, but in Los Angeles, you had to be a multimillionaire to make a difference. And in Des Moines, you have to have a good idea and work hard and be kind. And yeah. your community rallies behind you. Yes. And um, big difference. Big difference. Big, big difference. Mm-hmm. And so as uh, I saw that the arts community was changing, I just, that's where I wanted to be. It was like the, for me, it felt like work, work life balance. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I travel a lot. And when I talk about the artists and the caliber of artists that are shipping their artwork to Des Moines, you know, artists are in Paris shipping it to Des Moines. Like it feels like this weird (laughs) reverse. (laughs) I don't know what. I love that though. That's such a, that's such a, you know, shake it up kind of thing to do. I think that's exactly what we're longing for is how right. can I do this thing in an affordable way in a place where I want to be. Right. And, you know, and, you know, we, we live in a home that we wouldn't be able to live in in Los Angeles. So I'm yeah. near my family. I'm near my sisters. So it's just all of the things that come together. But then also um, I started the gallery and I'm, I'm sure we'll kind of back up and go forward yeah. and do all of these things, but yeah. I started the gallery in 2019. Okay. And it was, eight months before the pandemic. And little did I know how important the fact that I was going to be in Des Moines and have wide open Mm -hmm, spaces mm -hmm. and be near family and have that like really insular community. Um, But then also it just completely changed the way I think many galleries work, but ours too. Um, And it just changed the way people were looking at their homes and their walls and people wanted to buy artwork during that time. They still mm-hmm. do. That trend hasn't actually changed, which is nice. great. Um, but it just didn't matter where the gallery was because yeah. nobody was going to galleries anyway. Whereas 
that would have looked a lot different, you know, five years before that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So I felt like, no, I mean, nobody wanted the pandemic to happen. Um, but I felt if it were, if it did happen and it were going to happen, I felt really lucky that I was in Des Moines because at least I got to be around my people when I could be. Um, and I got to be where I wanted to be, um, in such a weird time and the gallery really flourished during that time. It grew so, so much because, you know, we were a local gallery that was trying to go international at the time, really just kind of finding our footing. And then all of a sudden we were shipping 80% of the work that we sold. Amazing. It it completely flipped what we were doing. Well, and and you, you must've been willing to think, well, we all had to, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what if I'm going to have a business, how am I going to show up for and make up this brand new thing? And yes. and you had to be willing to and and you know, have a plan or or at least totally. roll with it. Yeah. I mean, having a, a plan makes it sound more thought out than it was in the first few <laughs> yeah. weeks. Um, but you know, uh, certainly we were kind of strumming along as a gallery. And again, like I said, finding our footing and like figuring out what we wanted to be doing. I had big ideas, but it, it always takes time, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really changed things was that um Tina, uh Ehrlich and I, she's my head of operations, she and I started the gallery. Uh And it was interesting because Tina and I had enough space that we could keep coming to work, but Mm. be far apart when we were distancing and like not knowing if, because we were shut down by the state and all of these things, every business was. Yeah. And, um, and those really kind of uncertain times, um, we didn't know what to do, but I knew that people needed to see beautiful things because that time was so scary. Um, and, I knew that people weren't going to galleries and they weren't going to museums. And it really wasn't with an intention to sell work, although it was because I was so worried about my artists too. And they were so petrified. Um, And I felt like it was my duty to support them through this so they could keep working and have food on the table and all of that. And so I just started going on Instagram every single day and sharing a piece of artwork really up close, really far away, showing just like, the up close and personal of a piece of artwork and just talking about why I loved it. It, it wasn't really, again, like there wasn't like this major plan about it, but it was like, if I, I get to be amongst this art and I'm feeling better when I see beautiful things, I, I think the world needs this right now. And then luckily, um, people started really responding to it and our Instagram following started, started, you know, really growing and, people started buying through DM and that was like the first time a DM came through for maybe, I don't know, in a thousand dollar piece or something like that. And they just said, send me the invoice. Now this is every day, you know, fast forward three years. But at the time I was like, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) Seriously? You're you're trusting me and you think it can work this way. Yes. And so it just, that moment of, um, just, you know, talking about the things that I love and like showing my passion and talking about these amazing artists completely, completely changed how we do business. Oh my gosh. I, that's so awesome. And I, I mean, when we can imagine ourselves back there at that beginning, beginning times when we thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be six weeks or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can remember being just hungry for whoever was going live. And so many people were, you would turn on Instagram and all the little bubbles would have red circles around them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I, 
found myself in such interesting conversations and hearing music that I wouldn't have heard or seeing art yeah. or, or listening to people that might've been a really big name in to me, but there they were, you know, talking mm-hmm. from their sofa. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting though, the correlation with just talking about what you love, just showing up mm-hmm. as you are because right. we had to. However, what it turns out is that that's what we're absolutely craving is people yes. who show up how they are. That connection, I think we all wanted then, but we still want now. Yes. Um, like that connection is the the upside, the good side of social media. Mm-hmm. Social media can be such an odd place, but that connection and showing how people are creating and the new ways to reach huge audiences, like, I don't know, I could never hate on social media because of those things. Right. Um, and I and I know what it's done for the business and our artists. And um, but I, I totally I totally agree with you. I think there was a weird point in my career where I thought I saw what other people were doing and I thought that was the way you had to do things. Yeah. And then I became more successful when I was like, let Liz be Liz. Right. And as someone that thinks about art for everyone and making sure that art, the art world is inclusive. And like, these are things that I love so much and I feel so passionate about. Yeah. It makes me an outlier. And I never felt like, was I, was I cool enough? Was I bougie enough to be in the art world? All of these things. Like there was so much imposter syndrome going on, but what I really realized was that so many people feel imposter syndrome in the art world. Yeah, true. And even the people I, you would never imagine would. Yes, yes, because there's this there's a there's a weird thing where it's like, you know, you have this cliche of going into a gallery and um a gallerista like doesn't acknowledge you and there's no <laughs> prices on the wall and just all of these things, right? Yeah. yeah. And um when I started the gallery, that's just the exact opposite of what I wanted the space to be. I want, I want people to feel excited about seeing new work and learning about it and connecting with artists. And, um, I just sometimes felt like I wasn't, this seems silly, but like even fancy enough Mm. to do that sort of thing. Get it. And, um, and now I realize that people connect with our gallery because we say like, come as you are. Yes. We want you in, in whatever, level of knowledge you have to have about it. You don't have to have an art history degree. All I want is for you to feel something when you look at this artwork and connect with it in some way. And you're welcome here. Everyone's welcome here. I mean, imagine we all connect with it in some way, you know, when we, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody, if you, even if you've never looked at art before and you look at a painting, you're going to have an opinion and, yeah. and to be able to show up, feel comfortable walking in, it makes you want to come back. It makes you want to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would wonder, because I did something similar to you as I went, I moved across the country to open a business because I thought if I open this business in California, I'm just going to be one of many. If I open right. it in Atlanta, I'm mm-hmm. going to stand out. And yeah. and I'm wondering too, if Demo- if you had opened that in LA, could you have had the same approach? No way. Yeah, I really People don't were think hungry so. for it, probably. In yeah. Demand. Or they didn't even yeah. know they were. Right. Yes. And then the other thing, too, is that um, I think about all the time just because of the way the Internet is like. I think people don't put enough weight on the fact that you can live wherever you want to 
live and do whatever you want to do. Um, and it's just, the internet has democratized everything. (laughs) Um, and so I thought for a little while that maybe Des Moines was going to be our main audience, but I knew that I wanted to reach more. I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to bring something special to Iowa, but then also not be limited by our geography. Right. And, um, how do you kind of blend those two things? And I think we've done that. I think that we have built a business where we can leave and go see our kids plays and and do those sorts of things. Um, but then also work with a huge, caliber of artists that we're so proud of and then we I think like how do I get to spend time with these people's artwork it's such a privilege it's such a privilege oh you really have and before we get I get into your inclusivity and and art for everyone and all that I don't want to miss the part as to how you got here because I'm really curious (laughs) I know we're taking you on a journey already haven't I (laughs) I love it I have I'm just I, you know, when I, when I started reading about you and looking at what you're doing, it's like, oh my gosh, can't wait to talk to her. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, just because of how I'm so fascinated in the, how the path, right. That we're all on. And how did, how did that happen? And I love the, the, the decision to move to Des Moines, that, that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense, but you had, you had an idea of how to have a gallery. So how did that happen? What, what's your creative background that that led (laughs) there? Um, so born and raised in Des Moines, uh, I'm very lucky because we have an incredible museum here in Des Moines that really hits above its weight for the size of city we are. And it was the place where f- at five years old, I started taking art lessons. Mm-hmm. I was an intern there in college. It's just been such a pivotal, um, it's just had such a pivotal role in my life. I and I think part of the reason that I am so interested in inclusivity for artwork um, and art for all and all of those ideas is that because it's a free museum mm. and anyone can walk in at any time and experience work by the most incredible um, artists of our time. Oh, I love that. And, you know, when I went to, I went to the University of Missouri for undergrad and I was a part of their journalism school and then decided I really wanted to do an art history degree too. And when I got my first art history degree book, I had so many images that were like courtesy of the Des Moines Art Center. Oh, wow. And I did and I didn't realize like these were my buds that were like up on the museum walls. <laughs> like that that was the Francis Bacon that I always walked by and had to stop oh, and gosh. see, you know. And yeah. um, I just didn't realize until you start going out in the world what a special little space that but I it really meant to. something. Yes, yeah. it really did. So, okay. So the, I went to the Mizzou, got degrees in journalism, art history. And then I knew that I wanted to work in the art world, but I really didn't know how or why. And, um, my husband and I decided we we're moving to Los Angeles and I got, I went to USC for my master's mm. and the program is called now, um, curatorial practice in the public sphere, which is a super wordy way of saying public art and anything outside of a museum space. And it was there that I got to see how people were integrating artwork into their everyday lives. Oh, I love that addition. That's so cool. Really takes it to such a broader reach. Yes. And it was really about like, you know, like, um, 
metro transit authorities that were um, mm. integrating artwork into their bus stops in really mm. interesting and cool ways. And How like fascinating would that be? Because you could really yeah, roll your was, sleeves up for that one. Totally. And just like the way that cities were doing it and and all of these things. And so I just felt like I was in the middle of just some of the most interesting ideas of art as placemaking. Mm. And, and changing the way that people feel about a space or a city or community and site-specific works, all of these things that were just so, so cool. Love and that. then I was in Los Angeles and I was working and um, then my husband and I said, you know, let's go do something different. We love out, we loved LA, but you know, we just felt like we couldn't grow up yeah. there, honestly. Yes. That's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So anyway, um, we moved back to Des Moines in 2010 and I was the in-house curator for a corporate collection and a family collection that was out of this world. Mm. Um, just a special, special thing. And I was working with like Christie's and Sotheby's and I, I mean, we yeah. were doing all of these great things, but then I saw that there was a niche for, other businesses that really needed help with their collections mm. it was a status symbol in the eighties and nineties to have an in-house curator. Yeah. But then because of, you know, people retiring or maybe like a CEO that no longer had an interest in art came on or something, any, there's so many, so many reasons. Could be a big change. Could be a big change. Um, and so they just kind of went by the wayside and then all of these collections were not being cared for. Oh my gosh. And you knew what was in these collections. I mean, totally. I, I was, I had the great good fortune to, when I worked at Hallmark there, they had an in-house curator and an amazing oh, yeah. collection of yeah. art. Yeah. And, and at my management level, I could go into their, do you want a wig bin? Like, what do you want on your wall? And yeah. in my office I could pick. And so cool. That was a, that was a highlight for sure. Yeah. So neat. Yes. Um, but what, but if there's, if there's not somebody paying attention, what's happening to these things? Right. Exactly. And you know, it, it was like, what department would it be under? Would it be under marketing for some oh my reason or like janitorial services or like, <laughs> you know, I yeah. find stuff when I started working, um, I started my company as an art advisor then and went out and basically sold my services. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but that's, you know, that's a need. People are like, where do we, who do we even ask yeah, about this? Totally. Yes. I mean, nobody even knew where to begin with them. And I, and it wasn't, it, there was no malice to it. It was sure. just not knowing how to care for something. Yeah. The unknown. And I had to really talk to them at first about, you know, your art collection is an asset, like anything else in your business. And, um, it's a way that you can say something to someone without actually verbally saying something as they're True. walking into your business or your home. And you can talk about the things that, um, your values, your mission and values through your artwork. Sure. And so anyway, so we did, so I did that. And then people started calling and saying, well, you're doing these businesses, but would you do my home? Would you do this restaurant? And I just kept saying yes, because I, I'm curious to see what I can do. <laughs> I mean, I, sure. I think of, I think about like, I want to use like every drop of my creativity when I am off out of this world someday and I die, I want to be like, that's it. That was my last drop. I used it. I and I, I just, I, and I am curious and I wanted to see like, well, I don't know. I think I could do that. Right. Let's, let's do yeah. it. So, um, 
anyway, I make mistakes, certainly, but I just, I think it's interesting to try these kind of projects and not doing the same thing every day. So I just kept saying yes and yes and yes. But during that time, um, I was working with a lot of galleries mm-hmm. and I could see that I, there were these practices that I felt like weren't um, taking care of the artist in the best way possible, mm-hmm. weren't taking care of the client in the best way possible. And for so long, people would be like, so what's your end game? Is it a gallery? And I'd be like, no, never. And then I just kind of woke up one day and I was like, maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe I could do things differently. Mm. And I still, we, we talk about this all the time where it's like, yes, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Um, we still exist within a classic gallery structure. Right. But sure. Outside of that, I think, but, but big um, capital B, but I think that I can show that if you do have really important mission and values, if you do things really ethically, um, if you take care of your artists and you take care of your people, you you can be successful. You can do things the quote unquote right way and take care of people and be successful. That some of these kind of go-to models in the art world are not modern anymore and there's no reason to continue with them. And I hear still from our artists um, just the horror stories of what it's like to work with a gallery that's not taking care of their artists. And I imagine, I mean, you many galleries I'm sure rest on their laurels or these are mm-hmm. the artists we have or this is how we've always done it or whatever. And I And I think, as you said, there's a way to do it the right way, but it's really what speaks to you. It's your right way. And, and, and for you, it sounds like that includes uh, obviously your artists. Cause if you have a gallery, how your artists are treated and how your customers are treated, that's what keeps both sides of that equation coming back. Right. And you obviously, I mean, looking at the roster and the amazing artists you have, how, you know, maybe and maybe it was through your work, all the work you did leading up to that before you had your own gallery. Mm-hmm. But as you were working with clients and artists and 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 patrons and all of that, but I love that it led you to this place now that feels so vibrant and so interesting and so uniquely important. It feels like you. how it should be, really. Thank you. I, you know, it's a trust exercise for an artist to ship their artwork across the country or across the world and say, please sell it. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I, we take that s- with so much responsibility mm-hmm. to, to take care of these, these artists work. And, um, I do think that that trust is sometimes, um, taken advantage of by, by some galleries. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying all, there's so sure. many galleries we love working with as partners and all of these things. There's a lot of galleries doing things the right way. Um, but I just thought that we could make sure that our artists felt really, really good about sending work to us. And I, I had been working with a lot of artists, no question. But when I decided to start the gallery, um, I had this wish list of artists and I mm-hmm. kept kind of going down the line and I, okay, there's somebody I want to talk to. And there's somebody I want to talk to. And they kind of were like in Des Moines, Iowa. No. <laughs> and then, um, I got a call with Hunt Slonum, who, mm-hmm. if you guys are familiar with his work, you probably are, even if you don't know his name, but he's right. got the iconic bunny paintings. Um, he's in museums around the world. He's done collaborations with Bergdorf Goodman. I mean, he's just the coolest guy. Yeah. And, he didn't know me from Adam. 
And he still got on the phone with me and I told him about what we wanted to do and kind of what the gallery program would be like. And he listened to me speak and he said, yeah, I think, I think we should try this. I like you. I I can feel it. Let's do this. Nice. And from then on, um, I could say, well, Hunt Slonum is going to be one of our artists. Yeah. And yeah. then every single person started just being like, oh, if Hunt's going to do it, then I'll do it. Let's do this. And it like, it just, it showed the um, importance of like one yes, you know, and one person believing in you that can just like start an avalanche. Yeah. And I will love Hunt for the rest of my life because he was that guy that was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you. And um, yeah, it, it was really just amazing. I still it takes them. that one. Yes. But that one, yes, comes from hearing the passion in your voice mm-hmm. and hearing your stand on doing it in a way that that listener, the yes sayer is like, oh, that sounds cool. I yeah. like you, you know, yeah. and, and that, <laughs> yeah. that just, it, you've said it so many times already. It's just like, you can tell you stand in your potential and possibility and not in a selfish way, but in a, you're inclusive yourself. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, what good things yeah, so have come your it way. Was, it was special and it, it just started growing. And um, so one of those things, let's talk if, if it's okay yeah, to please. chat about some of that stuff. So one of the things that was most important to me is um, that we represent at least 50% women artists. Yes. I love so, your, your sort of representation model. So I do definitely want to touch on that. Yes. So um Women are 50% of the artists that are, or people that identify as women are 50% of the artists that are um, graduating with their MFAs right now, but they are 13.7% of the artists that are represented in galleries. Yeah. And it is tragic. Yeah. And traditionally, (laughs) I mean, that's even a high number for traditionally. And that's doing better. You know, and this is something that people are are talking about and thinking about now. And we're still at under 15 percent. Mm, it's amazing. just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And so at our gallery and my gallery, we're um, at cl- closer to 75 percent women. Nice. Um, and I think about how vibrant their work is and how special they are and the things that they're doing and they're having babies and creating artwork and they're just like doing all of the things. And I'm just, I love these women that I'm working with. And I think how sad that these other galleries aren't having these same experiences because I feel like I've got the coolest tribe of people around me. So good. And that passes again onto your collectors, their collectors, your, your clientele in a way that it's, it's again, the vibrancy around that and just it should be more normal and it's not. So you are creating a space where it's like, of course it would be this way. Right. And you said, you know, BIPOC's important, LGBTQ, I'm sure. I mean, yes, yes. I can tell that your, your awareness of that is very broad and, and that's, well, that's very important to me. It's all about, yes, absolutely. And it's all about lifting up unheard voices in the art world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our clients are becoming so savvy um, and they really want to know about like what the piece is. It's, it's not just that OTC over the coucher, right? That kind of, <laughs> um, does it match the couch? Like, right. okay, maybe it does, but it's oh. so much more than that. Like yeah. they need to have this like emotional connection. They need to know about the artist. And it goes back to what I was talking about with like 
your personal mission and values. Um, and if you believe in inclusivity, right. then you should have inclusivity in your artwork too, because it matters who is creating your artwork. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk a lot about that and our clients want to know they're like, they really are like, tell me about this. Tell me about the person. Tell me about their process. And they're connecting with that that, and they're going home and they're buying the artwork. And then I know that they're like talking at their dinner parties about like what that, and that passes on that education piece is so important. So if you really spend the time on that, people respond, um, they're hungry for the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And I love like on your Instagram, the way you show the art, it starts often with a really close in picture. And so you're seeing texture and depth and Mm -hmm. color in a different way or just light and shadow. And that, that just makes me want to crawl right in, you know, like, let me see more of that. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, you know, they say that you, to look at a piece of artwork, you should get in close and then step far away and then go side to side. And, um, it's hard to show that in a photo. You're just like so limited. Right. But the video piece of it Mm. and the Instagram piece of it has, has really been, I think is part of the reason that people do feel like they can buy artwork through DM or online on our website, having never seen it in person. I think it's easier to buy a piece of art online than it is a dress or a piece of clothing that you think will look good on you. (laughs) You know, you love the art. My goodness, that doesn't fit right. You know, (laughs) it's so true. Yeah, that is true. And we're Um, used to it. We're getting more and more used to that. I, and it creates this, the FOMO aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Um, Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, those are going live on, you know, March 2nd. And I need to make sure I'm there because oh my gosh, they start at $500. You know, that's another thing you seem to really stand for making art approachable and affordable. I mean, certainly there's a range, but you've thought of, you've thought about that. Totally. You know, we look making art accessible happens in a lot of different ways. It's the way you talk about it, but it's also making sure that our artists that normally typically sell work at $5,000 and above I ask them to make small pieces Mm. because I want to make sure that the person that can spend $500 also has the ability to make, to buy a kit porter. And so, So um, that's super, super important to me. Not every gallery, um, requests that of their artists, but it's just something that when I chat with them and have this initial conversation on like, so excited to bring you on board, but Hey, by the way, this is something I'm going to ask of you a couple of times a year. And one of the ways that we've been able to do it, if we take kit, for example, she makes small studies Mm -hmm. and before she creates the larger piece. And we've been selling those studies and they're kind of a gateway drug, right? That um, when people are buying a piece of artwork for the first time, um, still, I I totally understand and like kind of check my privilege here that $500 is still a lot of money. To a, yes. I, yeah. You it know, is. but when you're um, used to walking in a gallery and you feel like nothing's less than 3000 yeah, all of a sudden yeah, you're like, yes. maybe I could make a few payments on that $500 yeah, right. piece. That's exactly right. Um, and that's yet another thing that we've been doing is that we work with a program called Art Money that splits artwork up into multiple payments. So cool. with interest free. So, I mean, there's all of these different things that we like are really trying to bring in interesting programs so that people can buy artwork and feel good about it. 
Oh, I love that so much. You know, I think about some of the art that I have and, and how, when I love an artist, I would start, I would think like, oh, I can have that little piece, you know, because Mm -hmm. I can afford it. And then I just remember one particular artist had quite a large piece that I really, really wanted. And (laughs) it's that thing where it's like, well, if you added up all the small pieces you've bought, it might, you know, just, you have to just think about it in a slightly different way. And, and, you know, that's so true. Figure out how to make that work. That's so true. And then, you know, we talk a lot about like, how do you, one of our questions that we receive all the time is like, oh man, I've got these giant walls, but I don't have a giant budget and smalls are the way to do that so (sighs) that you can build a gallery wall over time. Um, and, and really build a collection that speaks to you and you get great artists that way. Um, you know, one big piece is just not the answer always. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It's, yeah. And but, I think many small pieces can be so interesting. They all tell a story. There's a memory around that. Yeah. It just depends. Yes. And it sounds like you've worked in so many spaces that you can say and get a read for that client. Well, what do you want your place to be like? What, what do you have? Let me, you know, show me the wall. Yeah. Yes. So we have questions that we, when we're um, kind of doing the art advisory side of the business, we've got questions that we ask over and over again. And one of them is how do you want to feel in the space? Mm. Because, you know, there's, there, if I, if we're doing a bathroom, then, you know, some people want like that kind of spa mentality. Um, but also I want to know like how you live in the space. And then I also want to know, like, what do you do on a Saturday afternoon? I just want to know some certain things about you. So I kind of get your, I understand your energy level. Are you an outdoorsy person? Are you a, a bookworm? You know, like all of these things. Um, not that you couldn't be both (laughs) and, um, all of those, all of that. So I, I try and ask these get to know you questions and then certainly about the space and the dimensions and the budget. And then I come back and say, like, let's do some Photoshop and, and put some artwork on your walls that way. And lots of people can't visualize. And so that's the best way to do it. And anyway, so it just goes, there's so much that goes into helping us having, helping, having us help you find a piece of artwork, but I want you to build a collection that Mm. only you could own. Mm, I love that. I want it to be like, oh my gosh, these pieces are so Liz. And I want people to like have the art, their artwork, like match their energy and the things they love to do and just all of that. And, um, I think that that's what happens when you walk into our space. And I want that to happen for every client. I don't want everybody to have buy the exact same thing. However, when yeah. I'm thinking about our artists, I think about in a larger way that people will be coming back to us over and over again and building their collection. So we have to have artists that their work does has great conversations together. Oh, I love how you said that for sure. I mean, you are b- building such trust in what you do and, and repeat clients, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. When you choose an artist to represent, you're, I would imagine, just I love the way you said that, they're having good conversations with each mm-hmm. other. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's built on what are you liking, but yeah. then what kind of clients do you have? How does this artist's work speak or hang with that over there? And- right, right, exactly. Yeah, and you know, that's why I think it's fun to switch up your artwork, Um every couple of years and, and not get new pieces, but like just change their location because Mm. when you put new artwork together in different combinations, 
it something else is revealed to you i think um mm -hmm. you know maybe both it's pieces like moving have your like, couch around you know exactly what, what? you're you look at the space differently i love that um so I, I think that um, that's the exciting part of the gallery model. So many artists, the way that the internet is, are able to sell a lot of artwork on their own if they're interested in doing that. Some artists mm -hmm. just want to create and we're here for that too. Right. Um, but I would say the majority of our artists also sell on their own on their website. Mm, that's and so why would you be in a gallery? Mm -hmm. And I think part of that reason, there's a lot of reasons to do it, I think, but part of that is because of the actual gallery space mm -hmm. and how your artwork as an artist is put next to other artists of incredible caliber. Yes. And it shows off your artwork in new and interesting ways. We have our show right now is all about textiles. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I see these techniques of different artists from around the world yeah. next to each other, it makes me look at each piece in a completely different way. And so I think that that's the interesting part of like the actual physical space. You just can't get past. That's a really good point. I mean, when you think about what's in your home, you don't have everything the same from the same place. It's, no. Yeah. That's what makes it interesting is this came from this trip or that is mm -hmm. you know and and to be able to yes you can sell your own art but to be able to have it shown in a composition if you will or in, in harmony or in balance right. with other things it just it shows the potential of it in a whole different way I love it that. does it does and um you know <laughs> uh again so many artists are like you know is the gallery model going extinct and I don't think that it will ever mm -hmm. but I think clients really do want to know everything about the artwork they want to have that additional layer of validation and that curation behind it as well yeah um and I think the the main thing the main way that I really love getting new artists I, I get new artists a variety of ways but is a recommendation from one of our current artists yeah because they are saying then I'd like my work next to theirs. That makes a lot of sense. That makes and a so lot that's of sense. The, that's the best way for me to to get a new artist. Yeah, there's nothing like a recommendation, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But but even from it means so much more from one of our current artists because we say a lot in the gallery. Am I allowed to swear here? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that life's too short to work with assholes. Yeah. And for sure. Um. You know, when I talk about the work of our artists, they are all incredibly talented, but I can also guarantee that they are all great people. Yeah. They are great to work with oh, because it's, it is, it is great. It's great. And we've, we've had, we've let go of artists in the past or not signed them, even though I thought they were super talented because they were very difficult to work with. And mm -hmm. I could just see red flags all over the place. Not worth it not worth it. Um, and I think that there was this like kind of stereotype of like the moody artist or like, that's just how artists are. And I'm here to say that that is not the case. <laughs> no, we are it so fun. We create. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I just, it makes me feel even better about selling these people's work and, and helping them create more because these are people I want to succeed. Oh, and they're, they become your friends and your family oh, yeah. in that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Do you create yourself? 
I do. Awesome. Um, I do. I paint. Um, and it's hanging around my home, but I think that it is, um, I don't know that I would ever, I've always said, no, I won't sell it in the gallery because I think it's a weird thing to be in competition with artists right. that you're representing. What about another gallery? I think that would be weird too. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I have this little inner struggle, but like, wait, your work needs to be out in the world. Well, you know, um, I, the, the I get funny it, thing is, is that, um, I'm fairly active on my own personal Instagram as well. And I've had several times, um, people go, Hey, but who is the artist that you didn't mention up on that wall and that photo? <laughs> and then I'll DM and I'll say, let's me. And they're like, well, can I buy it? I'm like, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> oh my so, God. I know. So All right. We'll have a sold. separate counseling session. <laughs> it's so messed up I'm like I'm here like in the thick of the art world and I'm like yeah you want to buy it cool 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 it's I so get it though I mean I it is I'm right there with you I love selling or working or pushing or promote not pushing promoting other people's work that's my favorite thing to do it's so much easier than than when somebody says well who did that well yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like that I am like Yes. And I'm like giving these pep talks, these artists thing being like, your art should be out in the world. Your art makes the world a better place, like all of these things. And then to internalize it and and say it for yourself. But also I think there is something about the fact that like, because art is my job, yes, it makes it I, maybe too much pressure. Any of those things, like I do it for the love of it. Yeah. And maybe it just, maybe that's enough. I think it is. I mean, I yeah. do too. I do it. I feel like if my artwork were my income, ugh, that would, I mean, it, it might be super rewarding, but it all, yeah. would also take away just the freeness of it. Mm-hmm. And I totally get your gallery is your business. Your business mm-hmm. is putting other people's art in front of people. So if you added yourself, I would have a I would feel weird to me. Like, how do I add mine in here? I'm just going to yeah. keep it over here. But yeah. still, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's fantastic. And, and it would, it would, you know, maybe that's another chapter, another time. Exactly right. Um, But it, but it is therapeutic. It's something I love to do. And, um, you know, I, again, I'm so lucky that I get to see the most beautiful artwork in the world coming through my door on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm constantly inspired by that. I love that. So do you still do anything with public art? I mean, it's not hanging on a wall. Yeah, totally. So um, six or seven years ago, I was traveling around a lot and going to places like Austin and Nashville and Miami, and they've got these great, great mural programs. And um, so I said, what if we could do that in Des Moines? There were a couple of murals, but it just really, there wasn't really a culture of that at the time. I don't think of Des Moines and murals been a while yeah. since I've been there, but yes, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, it was something that I started taking some meetings and, and trying to figure out like how to do it and talking to some city council members and all of this. And then I decided that the best way to do it was to just do it and ask for forgiveness later. I love that. <laughs> and, um, you know, <laughs> luckily, uh, we did a Des Moines, themed mural, our very first one that we did. Um, we worked with a great local artist and, 
it really took off. And so in the last six or seven years, we've done over a hundred murals in greater Des Moines. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I know. I know. Yeah. Thanks. Interior and exterior. Um, we're putting murals all over the place and we're not the only game in town, but we, sure. I think we've really helped to create the culture of, um, public artwork and murals and all of that. We have a great public art foundation that's bringing in sculpture by like Carrie James Marshall and like big, big names. Um, but how can we support local artists and do like $10,000 projects and not $300,000 yeah. projects? Well, and, and, and again, that's bringing art to the people who can enjoy it. That's yeah. sharing and, and being informing exactly. in a whole different way. Totally. I mean, we, we have read study after study specifically about public art, but also murals where, you know, if you take an alleyway and put murals all up and down it, people automatically think that it's like brighter, safer, cleaner. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that has changed about it is that there's artwork now. People have a completely different perception of an area if there is artwork there. And and now we see like busloads of kids coming out like and taking their prom photos in front of the murals. Oh, wow. And yeah. bridal parties. And I just, it feels so special to me that these places that we've worked really hard on, um, these pieces are now like in the backdrop of their memories. Oh, that's very cool. I It's really neat. I lived in Kansas City um, for a while and I, and having lived both coasts and well, many places yeah. that were busier. Mm-hmm. I always felt that it was kind of a secret city in a way because, because it was affordable artists and creatives could try things, could yeah. try their own restaurant or have a studio in a really cool mm-hmm. building or it just, it was so vibrant in that way. And yeah, Casey's cool. I didn't expect that. And it sounds like certainly a, an affordable city with mm-hmm. some ideas and some chutzpah and, and, you know, some energy yeah, is a place to do that. And I just yeah. love that you're part of that where you yeah. are. They, um, in Des Moines, they recently completed a project called mainframe. Um, and they, they took over, um, a giant, giant building with like four levels that used to be, that used to create computer parts, which is mm. where the mainframe thing comes from. Mm. Um, but now there's over 200, artist studios and they are completely full and uh they have wait lists on wait lists Mm. and so you know i i think the idea is spreading that you can create from anywhere i i love that i just feel like that's that's the point kind of right in why we do what we do and why it lights us up Yes. And then also, I think the other thing is that the stereotype around who an artist is or what an artist is, is really changing. Mm -hmm. Um, More and more people are understanding that there are lots of ways to become an artist now. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have to go to like your that traditional model of like MFA, smaller emerging artist gallery, then a mid tier and then your blue chip. And that's the only way to be successful as an artist. Um, you don't, you have to be like this, like tortured artist anymore. Um, right, you don't have right. to be a starving artist that you can be incredibly successful, um, and have a great career, um, and not even be in museums, right? Like it, there's so many different ways to be an artist now. I would love to ask, because I think a lot of people listening right now are, are beautiful artists, amazing artists, but might be feeling like I'm not at that level, but I think you're right. It's what does that even mean anymore? Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. I, you know, um, I think it goes back to that imposter syndrome in the art world. And, um, there's just, um, 
I think a lot of artists are like, well, me, like, am I good enough for this? Am I really good enough to sell my work? Am I good enough to like go for this gallery? And, um, it just doesn't have to be like that anymore. Um, you have to like, I guess at first get the courage to actually share your work and see yeah. it and see that in yourself. But outside of that, um, there's just so many ways to do it. And we've got artists, like, like I said, 50 artists, but truly they're selling, they're sending us artwork from Chile and Valencia, Spain and, um, France and all over the place, but then also like these little small towns in South Carolina, right. Mm -hmm. And, and Georgia and, um, California and they're, I mean, they're, they're, people are creating everywhere and they're doing great work. You don't have to be in New York and LA anymore. I love if you that. Don't, and you don't want to be. <laughs> no, you really don't. You really, you just have to have a passion for it. Believe mm -hmm. that somebody else might want to see it and yeah. put it out there. Be yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly right. And I love that you are doing different things. Like the textile that what I saw on Instagram was just, oh, I actually sent it to a friend. I was like, look at this. You oh, know, it's amazing. It's, yes. Oh my gosh. So it doesn't have to be one thing either. Art has comes in so many forms. It's what we're attracted to. It's what we like. So Mm -hmm. And when I am looking for artists, the, the one thing that like sets me over the edge that I'm like, okay, I've got to work with this person mm -hmm. is that it doesn't look like anybody else's work. Yes. A hundred times. Yes. I, I want to see the work that only you can create. Mm -hmm. And, um, Carrie Gillen, who may be what, one of the artists that you shared from that mm -hmm. textiles, um, she is, was both a sculptor and a painter, and she created this really interesting way to wet canvas and then knot it and then create this armature behind it. And it's like really using like the sculpture aspect and the painting aspect. And then she paints the canvas after she's done all of the knotting and it's so precise and beautiful. Mm. And it just looks like this canvas that's like exploded in a way that you've never seen before. Love that. And I, and I, I, she brought her artwork up from St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. And I said, Carrie, you were the only person that could create this. Yeah. Every mistake, every failure, everything that you've ever tried has brought you to perfecting this. Mm. And she was like, it took so much. It took so much to understand how to do this and how to do it. Right. And I'm like, you're there, you've done it. You've created yeah. this. No one else could do it. Um, and I think that's really exciting that I look at something and be like, well, that's clearly Carrie. I love um, that. So that's and what I'm looking for. That's a really good thing to hear. And, and just to reiterate your point of all the mistakes got you here too. Mm -hmm. That's right. There was so much trial. There's so much failure um, to hear her say it that way. And mm -hmm. honestly, in my own career too, I, there were, there were times where I thought, but like, where's the right space for me? And I really adhere to this idea that like, maybe your dream job doesn't currently exist and you have to be the one to create it. Mm -hmm. And, um, applause. yes, yes. And I just kind of thought like, I don't think like everything that I'm trying here doesn't feel exactly right. And now I truly believe I'm like doing my soul's work and, I feel so good about it. I love, I, I just love it. I hope you can hear that in my voice because I, oh I, my love gosh. I can hear your <laughs> smile. Totally hear your smile. I love doing it so much. And I think that it's okay to feel like maybe you're out of place or maybe that you don't fit somewhere because if you keep going and you keep trying and you keep saying yes, then you will find it. Uh, yes. And that's yes. how I got here. 
Oh my gosh. Well, that wrapped wraps everything up just so nicely. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love that so much though. I agree. Don't you really feel like sometimes you'll hit upon idea or somebody will say something or you'll see something you can take a nugget from and you're like, click. That is yeah. it. Yeah. I have been trying to fit into what everybody else is doing or what I see, or maybe I should approach it this way or that way. And it just doesn't feel like me. And then all of a sudden you, you either realize that and you can let that go, or you find something that does click and that's yes keep going. Yes. Just keep yes. going. Just keep going. Um, I have done something for a few years where I write a note to someone. Sometimes I know them. Sometimes I don't. And I just say like, I see the work you're doing. It inspires me. You're doing great things. And I always end it with like, keep going. Oh. And, um, that is something because I always I really believe that if you see something good in someone, you need to speak it mm. and or write it in my in my case. Um, and I also really believe in snail mail. I love that. I'm like trying to single handedly keep the USPS going. <laughs> <laughs> they need some help. <laughs> they do need some help, even though it's pricey now. Uh. Anyway, um, and so I just I, I I send notes out to people and I'm like, sometimes they're um like maybe a book, like if I read a book that I really loved, I figure out how to find out that author's email address because oh, I just wow. got to let them know. <laughs> I love uh, that. It matters. It really matters. It does matter. It does matter. And so I think that, but going back to the point of like that, keep going mm -hmm. um, because it may not feel right now, but every single thing that I've ever done, even if it didn't feel right, even if it was hard and I, it just didn't, it felt bad at the time, like every single piece of that came together to get me to where I am right now, sitting in my closet, talking to you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and um, the thing is sometimes too, we think this is it. And, and, and there's always chapter next. That's the cool part yeah. is you just yeah. get to keep figuring it out mm -hmm. I know. and, 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 and really hopefully enjoying it. Right. As you yeah. go. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I, I think part of that and like it brings us so full circle, but like part of the reason I get to enjoy this is that I kind of said, I don't care what people think about having an art gallery in the Midwest. I love that. Love I think that. I can. I think I can do this. This is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. I, I think I can do the thing I want to do and and be where I want to be and combine those two. So I'm, if you want to be in New York City, you should be. But if that's not what's your heart's telling you, then I just believe that you can do whatever you want anywhere. Well, and it used like the rec, I don't know what the right word is I'm looking for, but it used to feel like that's where you had to be. Yeah, and and yeah. what were we measuring that against? Were we now we're measuring what feels right, what's rewarding, what yeah. what works for you, what makes you want to get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun to know that you're blazing a trail. You've you definitely seem like a trailblazer and, and that, exactly. that feels good to you. And so yeah, you. go do it in Des Moines, you know, yeah, exactly. or whatever's right. next. And right. you get to you, the artists, I imagine being an artist listening to you say like why it would be fun to be in my gallery or rewarding or, yeah. or profitable. Right. You get to hear your enthusiasm and who wouldn't say yes to that? I just think that's so <laughs> Thank great. You. Thank you. I mean, it's like, look, my best friend is a doctor and I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not saving lives. And she's always like, that must be nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, but maybe you are. <laughs> no, but you are. I'm not. Exactly. I'm not. I, you know, like ser- it is, it's serious work in the fact that I, I do believe it's a lot of responsibility because we're, we're dealing with a lot of money. We're, we're dealing with um, something that our artists has put their heart and soul into and something right. that's going to go live with a family somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of responsibility there, yeah, but God, this is fun. It this is. is fun. Like it doesn't have to be, um, it's, it's just, it's just great. It like, I, I, that's the thing I want to keep coming back to is like, it never has to be that serious. You make it approachable. I thank you. I, I really hope we do because their world's fun and I want everybody to feel it and experience it. And like that moment where somebody connects with it, with a piece of artwork. And this is so woo woo, but I really believe every single artwork is made for a specific person. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to get it in front of that person. I love and, that. you know, there's incredible artwork that we've had that sometimes sits for a little while. And then someone walks into the gallery and they're like, that's the one. That's the one I've been looking everywhere for it. And I'm Isn't like, that so you fun? are the one I was waiting for, yeah. you know, I love that one. That yeah. Happened. God, it's the best. It's like the greatest click. It's, it's I, cool. I have a random question. Um, yeah. Do you what do you think about vintage art? Is that something that you ever feel like? you want to show or you find cool art that you that might be a sort of obscure artist or what do you feel about that so interesting that you asked that um so I um took a course to appraise so Mm. I can do art appraisals awesome and um so I see a lot of it and people will call and ask and I just don't feel like right now we've got the capacity to figure out the secondary market Mm -hmm. however it's so funny that you asked that because literally just this week I was saying I want to do a vintage art edit um I'm traveling a little bit more and I think it would be great to like be able to go if I'm taking a trip to Paris then I can go to the Bricantes Mm -hmm. and then I can like come back to Des Moines, um, with 20 pieces and, um, and do it that way. So I think, gosh, there's so much incredible artwork that, um, you know, information has been lost uh, in time about that artist or the piece or all of that, but that doesn't really make it any less valuable to somebody. Right. It just could be a little passion project. Exactly. Yes. You know, and, um, also more and more of our artists are using vintage frames, Uh which is interesting. Um, so hunt for sure does that. He's probably our most well-known artist that does that. He does go to the Paris Bricantes and finds like 18th century frames and puts his bunnies in them. They're just phenomenal. I love that. Um, but you know, the, (laughs) the art world in many ways is not kind to the earth. I mean, like we're constantly creating new frames and then reframing and then, you know, um, our packaging, there's just like, so we think a lot about like how to make the art world more sustainable. And it's great. I mean, it it is good. So we're, we think a lot about the packaging and we have these stickers, for example, I'm like, you are receiving um, artwork in a box that came from Neiman Marcus. But the reason that you were doing that is because we need to, um, like everything inside is great. It's packaged. It's wonderful, but it is a reused box because, um, it's just the, the packaging materials in the art world is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just to, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. There's a lot, there's a lot to anyway. So that's just kind of, that's, we're thinking about it in small ways like that. And the framing and reusing vintage framing for artists is a great sustainable way to, um, kind of give new frames or old frames, a new life. I like that. Oh, there's so many things. You are a woman to watch for sure. 
can't oh, wait <laughs> to see what's next for you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so many ideas. And I, and you do, I do want to mention that you do have a podcast. I, I could I do. keep going. Cause I want to hear more of it. It's thanks. Thanks. Tell us we, a little bit about that. And yeah, and- we're, um, I'm doing a new episode tomorrow morning. Um, so we release, uh, an episode a month and it's called 10 minute masterpieces. And it's just what it sounds like. It's 10 minutes where I talk about uh, a masterpiece, a well-known artwork uh, in a really easily accessible way. We describe it. And then we also um, speak with an artist. I love that And part. I do too. I, I think it's really special to hear what another artist thinks of a piece because you walk in and you look at something and like, you know, that it's so impossible. Another artist is never going to say about an artwork. Oh, I could do that. You right. know, where the people that walk in and you're like, because they know, they know how hard it is to make something look what simple. it takes to get there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, it's like that they get like the, the, what they say, 10,000 hours or whatever to make something make that simple. perfect circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's what we, we talk about it. Um, we, we deep dive. It's like, of course, when you close your eyes, you can think of Starry Night or the Mona Lisa, but how much do you actually know about those pieces? And so we, we talk about them. And, and I love that it's really bite-sized too. Thanks. 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 I'm, you know, I'm a mom on the go and I'm like, who has the time? Right. <laughs> 10 minutes. That's all <laughs> I We want to know. We want to talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Oh yeah. 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 So it's really fun. Um, we're the next episode that we're actually working on tomorrow is, um, by the photographer Gordon parks at segregated drinking fountain. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we've got, uh, the Louise bourgeois spiders coming up too for women's history month. So, um, you know, we, they're just, they're pieces that I love that you may be walking down the street and like, Kansas City, I know at the Nelson Atkins has a spider. Yes. Um, the Des Moines Papa John Sculpture Park has a spider. Um, but I think they're so interesting because specifically with Louise Bourgeois' work, it's like people think that they look like kind of a science experiment gone wrong. There are these like 10 foot tall spiders, right? Yeah. That they look kind of gnarly, yeah. but they're really the most lovely, loving portraits mm. to her mother. Oh. Um See, so I love knowing the, the, yes, behind the scenes. yes. So Louise Bourgeois mother, um, died when she was young. She loomed really large in her mind, oh, but she came from a family of, um, tapestry weavers. They repaired tapestries and wow. spiders of course are weavers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Of course. And so that's what that is. And also they are protectors. They get rid of all the bugs that we don't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then often in these spiders, if you walk underneath, because they are so large, you can often do that. Um, there's often kind of like an under cage and underbelly that's holding eggs. So they mm-hmm. truly are mothers in that way too, holding their babies close to them. Um, but then they're weavers and protectors and, um, spiders are really kind of misunderstood actually like women are too. (laughs) Well, there's some, you know, James and the giant peach and Charlotte's web and those things that that bring that spider forward in a, in a super positive way. But I love, so everybody go, go to 10 minute masterpieces (laughs) and listen to this when it comes out, because I just, it's those little behind the scenes pieces of of life that I just love, especially with pieces of art that they're in all of our, we can close our eyes and imagine starry night or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and yes. the Mona Lisa is another one you have. And, and, and mm-hmm. so to learn a little bit more about just makes it 
more real. I like that. Little did you know you're getting an art history lesson, but art history is so cool when it's said in an approachable way. It um, is. And that yeah. goes right back to this stuffy gallery versus the yeah. not like the yes. stuffy art history class you might've had versus yes. what's the cool part about it. Yeah. What's the cool part about it? And um, anyway, and I also don't think that like to understand a piece, you don't need to be able to write a dissertation about it. I want you to know some like bite-sized nuggets so that when you are standing underneath a Louise bourgeois spider, you get it. Yeah. And then you can pass it on to the person you're standing next to. Um, oh, I love that. Anyway, look this at them. This is docent. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. <laughs> They're just like standing out at public sculpture parks being like, hey, follow you around. Who wants to know about this? <laughs> oh, I would love yeah. to know if you can conjure up who's inspiring you right now. Just a couple of people. Oh gosh. I mean, um, there, um, there are so many people, I mean, style wise, I'm like always looking into Jenna Lyons. I think she's the mm, coolest yes. style maker ever. Um, and then that Olympia Marie that has actually taken over for J crew too. I think she's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, there are, I'm really into for my home, um, like old English country style manner type stuff. And yeah. so I'm like trying to like deep dive into English homes and cool designers there. Um, I'm trying to think like, I, I just, I'm so inspired by so many people. Uh, I Instagram is like just a wealth of people that I'm inspired by um, all of these like cool Parisian people that um, I want to dress like. <laughs> So we just need um, to go to your Instagram and see who you're following. <laughs> I know. Totally. Yes. Um, you know, oh gosh, I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's so many people, but, um, I, I don't know. I get really excited by like the, even the people that I'm like walking down the street and I like see the coolest looking 90 year old. And I'm like, Oh, I want to be here someday. <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's our daily lives. Right. I think yeah. there's so much, we tend to hear a question like that and think, Oh, you know, who would I want at that dinner party where, where everybody's already passed away or whatever, but really yeah. it is that 90 year old you pass walking down the street. Yeah. I'm like, you have got like a kicky ponytail and a big fur coat and some heels on. And I'm like, tell me how you got there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to uh, talk with you. Anyway. I love that. That's my kind of answer. Yeah, oh totally. my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much. I do want to hey, know you. from you yeah. who, where people can find you. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So Instagram's a great way. My personal is at Liz legit and then at Liz legit gallery. We've got all kinds of art going on on both of them. And then our website, Liz legit.com and uh, the podcast, 10 minute masterpieces. We're, we're trying to put all kinds of art out in there so you can consume it in a lot of different ways. You make it so exciting. You make me want to go like dig in. You know, you. It, it's true. It's just because your passion comes through. It absolutely just oozes through. It's very cool. So. It's 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 fun being able to figure out like, oh, this is what I meant to do. Yeah. Isn't that nice? nice. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, it is. Really. Uh, thanks so much, Liz, for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I it makes me want to just get to Des Moines, but we can Let's watch on your Instagram, too. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And awesome. fall in love with Des Moines too. <laughs> exactly. Well, I did the latest one that's going live soon. I just thought, oh, I need to, I want to see more of those. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's working. Good, good, good. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Liz. Mm -hmm.
Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.